Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. The fourth watch starts now. You're listening to Omega Frequency with BDK on the Fourth Watch Radio Network. What's up, Frequency family? This is BDK. Welcome to Omega Frequency Live. Greetings, Frequency family. Sorry for the short notice of this episode going live, and I'm sorry I was a few minutes late. But they're doing fire alarm testings apparently this morning, and I didn't want you to think that the second we go live, we're under some sort of like alien attack <laughs> or that World War Three has started or anything crazy like that. So I don't know if anyone will show up for the live show because in a truly boneheaded fashion, I only announced it yesterday and most people might be at work at this time. But if you are listening, say hi in the chat so that I know you can hear me. And that you're here. I already got one, Casey. Hey, BDK, tuning in. Got your intro going. Hey, Casey, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for letting me know that we're live and that you can hear. That takes a lot of the the jitters out of me. So today is just going to be a chat with my Frequency family about a few different things. And if not a lot of people show up, that's fine. Um, you'll catch it on the rebroadcast or catch it in the archives um, man, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to do some light housekeeping. This is going to be a real informal episode. Um, and it's just going to be a talk. So hopefully you guys find some edification in it. Hopefully you guys find some hope and some good stuff and some clarity as to what's been going on with me in these last three or so weeks, because I haven't dropped an episode in like 20 some days and I know there's a lot of confusion about that so I want to clear some of that up first so like I said it's been a few weeks since I dropped an episode and it caused a bit of confusion because a bunch of people didn't know what happened to me and that's my bad I tried to keep everyone updated on my Facebook page but I keep forgetting that not everyone uses Facebook uh, and we also get shadow banned pretty regularly I have a lot of Facebook friends, but a lot of them are still telling me that my posts don't show up in their news feeds and whatnot. So I received a lot of messages from people who were concerned because they knew I was going through some heavy stuff concerning a future episode. And I even had a bunch of people worried that I was going to be taking a break 
from podcasting like Justin is doing for a season. And a few people even thought that I was hanging up the show or that I had said all that I needed to say, or I had grown tired of all the shenanigans. I grew tired of everyone fighting with me over politics. I grew tired of always having to put out an episode, then come back and try to explain myself and do damage control. One person even thought maybe I was doing what Chris White did, which was stepping away until the Holy Spirit gave him new stuff to say. Um, let me assure you that the rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. So there's that. We got more people on the chat. Ivone, yeah, I was finally able to join a live show. Thank you for joining me. AKCOG, oh wow, from the Alaska. Um, hey BDK, there's power in that blood of Yeshua. Amen. John McCaffrey, blessings. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for letting me know that you can hear me and that you're out there. So like I said, my bad on not communicating more openly. I said I was going to go dark for a little bit and stay off social media and podcasting until I sorted some things out. Not everyone heard that. Um, so... That's one of the reasons I wanted to do an actual update show that people could download, people could listen to physically, and that can't get shadow banned. Let me assure you that even though I went through a brief couple of weeks of heaviness and some hopelessness, I'm back for the attack. I haven't run out of things to say or to teach on this podcast. Besides, there are There are some things going on in the world right now. Things are really starting to get interesting out there as we get closer to the end times timeline. So now is not the time where I'm hanging up the microphone. So, hey, Brian, thank you for joining me. Casey says, that's the coolest statement I've heard, the rumors of my demise, LOL. Yeah, it kind of is a funny thing if you think about it. But, you know, God is faithful, man. He really truly is. Even though I was wrestling with a specific episode on whether or not to air it, um, what I was going to do with it, and even if I did air it, would it matter if I aired it? Would people even care? Like, and if people would care, like, would anything really happen? Because it was like an episode where I'm going to be dealing with some things going on in the church. And I got really hopeless. Like, yeah, the church isn't going to clean up this mess. And I was wondering if maybe I was spinning my wheels, man. Um, it got kind of crazy. AKCOG says it's clear to those with eyes to see that the left is evil, the right have their flaws, but the vote Republican and give President of the United States a chance to continue draining the swamp and to end abortion. Um, Nelson joins us is going to be riding the bike while listening. Be careful. While you're riding the bike, Nelson, um, don't crash. <laughs> I'll try not to distract you too much. Have a nice ride, man, and thank you for joining me. Um, AKCLG, before I even get a little um, more into it, that's what this next episode coming up is going to be about. It's literally going to be called Draining the Swamp, and um, but it's going to have a different take on it. And we'll get to that in a little, little bit. Um 
as you probably know, I don't vote. Um, I have a lot of reasons for that. I've gone over those reasons very publicly. Um, I get that the president is trying to drain the swamp. I get that, you know, he's platforming to end abortion. We're going to talk about that big time in the episode that's coming up because there's a misnomer about that. But I think there's some bigger issues going on here. And here's the thing. I know that election time is is coming up in a few weeks. This next episode is going to drop a few days before the midterms. I'm not opposed to people voting, okay? Like, if you want to vote, I'm not breaking fellowship with you. I don't think voting is a salvation issue by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I question the effectiveness of it, and I question the commitment of it. And... I think that voting is another means of control placed on us by this government. And we belong to a rival nation, a rival kingdom, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God's morals and dogmas and the things taught on the Sermon on the Mount run diametrically opposed to the things that America believes in a lot of cases. And so I do not consent to be controlled through voting. That's just me. The main problem that I have with it is that I worry that we place more faith in the power to vote and for the government to do the things that the church is called to do. And next week I'm going to go into that, and I'm going to show a lot of statistics, articles, quotes, and things that will back that up. But that's only a small part of the conversation that I want to have because there's other things going on too in the church. Like there's a swamp in the church that needs to be drained, seriously. And um, that's what we want to talk about. And it was a heavy time, and I was struggling with a lot of stuff, and I didn't even know if I wanted to air it at one point. And so I was like, God, give me some confirmation. And God is so faithful, man. God sent dear brothers and sisters my way with unmistakable words of confirmation and encouragement to give me strategic clarity in this moment. And we'll get into all of that and the upcoming episode that caused all this brouhaha in a moment. But I just want to be real. I want to thank you for reaching out to me and telling me how important this podcast is to you. I want to thank you for sharing testimonies of how even the controversial things that I've been saying is hitting home. I want to thank you to those that wrote in this week with stories of how God saved you through an episode of The Frequency or how you rededicated your life to Jesus after listening. This greatly humbles me, and I want you to know that I rejoice with you. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I keep doing these episodes. That's why I keep um, reaching out to the Frequency family. That's why I do the Ready With An Answer episodes. To If you have Bible questions, we want to give you Bible answers. Um. Because I love, I love my Frequency family. You guys are near and dear to me. You guys pray for me. You guys always reach out, and you guys are the most encouraging blessing in my life. Ivone, I've, I hope I'm saying that right. Ivan says, super excited. God bless the Frequency family. Yeah, man. God bless the Frequency family because the Frequency family is truly a blessing. So, second bit of housekeeping before we get to some of this brouhaha. 
And this is just kind of uh, out of left field. But something really crazy happened in the last 24 hours. And I wasn't planning on this to be part of this live episode, but it's going to be thrown in as a matter of housekeeping. Because when something like this happens, it's really weird. And it means that something happened. I just don't know what it is. But in the last 24 hours, I've received at least 12 messages and emails from brothers and sisters who were very concerned for me over a very specific topic. And same kind of words are being used in the messages and the emails. And um, I have no idea where this came from. But for some... LOL, pronounced Yvonne, Yvonne, Yvonne. Okay, I'll try to remember that next time I say it. Um, For some reason, there is a recent rumor going around that exposing false teachings and teachers is no longer part of my podcast ministry, and that I'm only going to focus on teaching the truth and not exposing error anymore. Uh, Different various... Uh, variations of that is being said to be in these emails. Some people are wondering if I have sold out. Some people are very concerned that in this bit of like spinning my wheels or darkness or going silent on the internet that I was losing my focus or I was losing the purpose of my ministry there. And a lot of it was just very genuine concern. And it was like, this all happened within a 24 hour period. So I'm assuming that somewhere out there on the internet or social media or something, someone said something or took something I said at one point and misconstrued it or I don't know, but like this popped up. I have no clue where it came from, but like when I get hit with something like that um, within 24 hours and there's all these different variations, I wonder what happened and I want to make a clarifying statement so that everybody kind of knows where I stand on this. Um, So let me clarify. First of all, I don't have a quote-unquote podcast ministry. I know I've said that before, but I want to make this abundantly clear. Um, So this thing where I'm no longer exposing false teachers and that's no longer part of my podcast ministry, I never had a podcast ministry. Podcaster or podcasting is not part of the fivefold ministry gifts. Um, A podcaster is not a pastor. It's your pastor's job to protect the sheep under his care. I am just a podcaster. I'm a social commentator. I talk about stuff, and then I record me talking about stuff. It's my job to talk about issues, to provide commentary, to interview people, to edify people, to answer biblical questions. I'm not a substitute for your church. I'm not a substitute for pastoral leadership and I'm not a substitute for ministry. Now I do have a vertical ministry to Jesus as a podcaster, but just not a horizontal ministry as a podcaster. The vertical ministry to Jesus is because he's given me the gifts to do this podcast. I'm a steward of these gifts and the calling that he has for me right now. So first and foremost, I'm accountable to Jesus. So I try my level best to be responsible with how I put these episodes together, what I say and don't say in these episodes. And most importantly, I'm responsible for how I say stuff and the spirit behind the things I say. Now, in the past, a lot of the things that I said about leaders 
and churches within the NAR or Word of Faith was honestly set out of a place of bitterness and snarkiness because of past wounds that I needed to let go of and things that I needed to forgive people of. And while there was a lot of truth in what I was saying, the way I said it and my reasons for saying it was not the best at times. And I made that known. I did an episode called Stories and Shenanigans where I laid all that out. Having said that, Omega Frequency's purpose and mission statement is not to be a discernment ministry like Pirate Christian Radio or Pen and Pulpit. That's not what Omega Frequency is. I have nothing against those people. They're doing work that they feel that they're called to do, but that's not the main thrust of my podcast. My main thrust is to speak directly to the remnant in this prophetic hour to help answer biblical questions and to teach theology and truth from a spirit-filled viewpoint. So in that regard, it's true, I do want to do more teaching of truth than pointing out false teachers all the time. I would hope that the truth that you learn on this show would be a standard that would allow you to discern for yourself when you hear false teaching. When you hear false teaching, red flags should be going up. Also, because I'm trying to cleanse some of that bitterness and hurt out of my own life, I'm trying to drain the swamp in my own life, I purposely have stayed away from a lot of the stuff that's going on now in those camps because I don't want to be triggered by it. I'm kind of in a, a, a soft spot right now. However, if I had to nail it down, I would say I'm 100% more interested in what Jesus is saying in the written word of God right now. And if my life is in line with that scripture, then I am interested in what Bill Johnson is saying over at Bethel right now, if that makes sense. I know that there's dangerous false teaching out there. I know that they're perpetrating it. I have real concerns about some of that stuff. I'll talk to people one-on-one about it all day long in a very humble and nice manner. But as far as me spending my time looking under every nook and cranny to heresy hunt all this stuff, man, that's just not where I'm at right now in my life. I'm more interested in the written word of God, what's in the, in the red letters, so to speak, and the black letters. And I'm interested in what Jesus is saying in the word. And I'm aware that I am woefully short of always lining my life up with that scripture. And until I get to that point, like I'm not going to be just out there looking at videos and trying to be like this brother and this brother and this brother's doing this. Like I would hope that you guys have discernment that you would know what's good and what's bad. However, if someone starts publicly teaching something that potentially becomes very dangerous to the remnant, I 100% reserve the right to address that danger of that false teaching. But the way that I want to do that is by focusing on the teaching and comparing the teaching to what the Word of God says and critiquing what is being taught rather than attacking the one teaching it. And that may even mean naming names from time to time to show what is being taught. But I do feel that that can be done without personally attacking someone. And we have to know the difference because one of the most prevailing sentiments in the American evangelical church 
is this idea that it is unloving and divisive to call out false teaching, and worse yet, to name false teachers by name. A lot of people say the moment you name a name, this is called personally attacking that teacher. However, most of what is exposing false teaching is condemned as personally attacking when you add that name to it. And if that's going to be how we define it, I would 100% beg to differ with that definition. Personally attacking a person is slandering a person's character out of malice and hatred. Like, attacking Joel Olstein would be saying things like, Joel Olstein is not saved, Joel Olstein is a devil worshiper, Joel Olstein is a racist, or Joel Olstein is part of the Illuminati because if you freeze that sermon he preached last night at 12 minutes and 59 seconds, he winks with his left eye. That's not cool. However, it's not wrong to play a clip of Joel Olstein's sermon that he preached last night and say, Joel, he preached this sermon Sunday. Let's compare it to the Word of God. Let's critique it biblically and see if what he is teaching is biblical. This is a responsible critiquing that's done in the light of God's word. And I won't be afraid to do that in love and respect if the need be, because, man, I read the most awesome quote about this last night. It providentially dropped in my lap. Phil shared it with me. And this quote said, that which we do not critique, we worship. Let me say that again. That which we are afraid to critique is that which we worship. And man, that is so true. So let me recap. The focus of Omega Frequency is to teach truth and to prepare the remnant bride of Christ in this prophetic hour. We are not Pirate Christian Radio or Pen and Pulpit. However, in the same way as I would expose transhumanism, UFOs, political shenanigans, and anything else dangerous to the body of Christ— As it relates to the end times and Bible prophecy, if false religious teaching intersects with Bible prophecy, I would critique it in the same way as any other subject. Is that cool? I hope that clarifies this and people can stop emailing me for the clarification. Casey says, I look up to you as a spiritual mentor. Your insights and teachings have brought me out of some darkness And I want to thank you. Love you, BDK. Love you too, Casey. Josh says your focus is spot on. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for understanding. Okay, so now that the housekeeping is done with, let's talk about episode 138, which is called Drain the Swamp. And I don't know how long this live episode is going to go. This is just a formal, informal fireside chat with my Frequency family. Just imagine we're sitting around the breakfast or brunch table today, just chit-chatting. I'm going to take a drink of my iced coffee for a second here. I'm getting kind of dry in the mouth. Um, Okay, episode 138, which is called Drain the Swamp. That's the episode that caused all this drama and caused me to go dark for basically 20-some days. So a few weeks ago... I was reading Ezekiel and how there's all these different things in the temple that God's not too happy about. There's all kinds of occult things going on and the people have left um, 
the ways of the Lord and people were doing the sacrifices wrong and people were actually praying to false gods in this temple. And Ezekiel is being shown, you know, how to rectify this and how to, you know, clean things up and how to build after the pattern. And he's measuring a lot of stuff. And we're going to get deep into this in this episode next week about this temple. But the part that really got me was out of this temple, rivers of living water start flowing. And everywhere it flows, it brings life, it brings resurrection, it brings healing. So this river starts flowing out from the temple. Once they get everything fixed, this river starts flowing out and everywhere it's touching, whether, you know, it's just, it's bringing all this life. And we know from the lips of Jesus who the temple is today. That's us. And we know what the living water is that flows from us. And it's the Holy Ghost. And we know what Paul calls us. He calls us temples of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, everywhere that this river flows, there is healing and there is life. In this passage in Ezekiel, the desert cannot stop this river of life. When it hits the desert, the deserts become alive. Famines can't stop this river of life. Diseased and dying fish can't stop this this river of life. But there is one place that this river of life won't heal and won't change. It stops and can't do anything. According to Ezekiel, that place is the marsh and the swamp. And it's really interesting because we know that sweet and bitter won't flow together out of, out of a rock, right? We know that God abhors that mixture. And we know that pure living water won't abide a stagnant, stinky swamp. So, AKOG, I guess part of what Trump is saying about draining the swamp being the only answer to to government is kind of true. So I'll give you that, AKOG. Um, but here's the thing. God says there's a judgment coming. And that judgment doesn't begin in America, and it doesn't begin in government. It doesn't begin in the land. It begins in the house of the Lord. And I wonder if it's entirely possible that we're putting the cart before the horses here. If we don't drain our own swamp first and avoid the judgment that could come to us, it might be pointless to worry about the swamp in government because I keep remembering what the wise Pastor Burke Clendenin said, no society has ever failed till the church failed first. The reason we have all these problems in government is because we have all these problems in the church. And government isn't going to send judgment upon the church. God does. And government can't stop the judgment that's coming. Only God can. Because, how can I put this, man? A physical government is outside the jurisdiction of a spiritual kingdom. We're a rival nation. We're not temporal. We're spiritual. So 
I went to sleep after reading this in the book of Ezekiel. I was chewing on it and I was praying about it. And it was like midnight and I fell asleep on the couch. You know how you sometimes do that with that. You're reading your eyes just kind of get too heavy and you've been praying and you've been thinking about some stuff and your mind just finally shuts off and you just fall asleep with the Bible in your hand and and I didn't really even get up because I knew my wife was in the other room sleeping in bed. I didn't want to disturb her. I knew it was awake. It was kind of like really late. And um, I got woke up at three in the morning because she heard me weeping loudly from the other room. Um, she got up scared that something was wrong. She heard me crying really and sobbing really heavily. And she thought maybe something happened. And when she got there, she noticed I wasn't awake. I was sleeping. And in my sleep, I apparently was weeping so loudly that it woke her up. And so she explained this to me, and I was really shook because of everything that I read and the things that I was feeling. And I could still feel the presence of the Holy Spirit very heavy in the room. And so she went back to bed, and I didn't join her. I stayed up, and I prayed about it because, you know, I've talked about it. This year, my prayer focus has been, Lord, share your heart with me. And a very sober question gripped my heart in that moment. You know, we always see or we always hear preachers say that, that Jesus is angry at what's going on in America. Or Jesus is angry with what's going on in the church in America. What if Jesus isn't mad at the church in America? What if he's not angry? What if he's grieving about the judgment that's coming to it that we are failing to stop? Because it is in our power to stop it if we do certain things, but we're not doing them. And we've allowed this swampy mixture within the church. And what if... In this moment, Jesus isn't angry. Maybe he was angry before and he's past that. What if what's really on his heart, his intercessory heart, is a deep grief and mourning for what's to come? Now, I'm not a prophet. I'm not saying that this is a thus saith the Lord situation. I'm just asking a question here, a question that I was wrestling with. What if the judgment that's coming, what if it's some very real enemies at the gate and they're about ready to descend on us? What if we don't have the necessary means to stop them? That was the question on my heart. So I dug deep into that question of what could stop or what could send an enemy upon the church? What kind of judgments could come upon the church? How do the enemies get at the door? What does that look like? What would it take to stop those enemies biblically? What hinders the enemies biblically? And would we be able to do that? And do we have the necessary means to do that? And as soon as I started digging through it, one of the first things that came to my mind was a clip that I played four years ago on the Omega Frequency show when I first started Omega Frequency. And it's kind of fitting that in the fourth season, maybe we 
replay that clip here today. It was Paul Washer talking about the persecution and the judgment that was coming to America unless there was a great awakening to stop it. Paul Washer, we know a lot about Paul Washer. He preaches in a lot of American churches. He's on YouTube. He's um, very well respected as a person who really doesn't play no shenanigans and is a straight-up preacher of the gospel. But before Paul started really doing things in America, he wasted his life. And I don't mean like it was a waste of time, but he poured his life out. He wasted his essence as a missionary. He poured it out on the Lord's feet. He sold his life out to being a missionary in Peru, and he saw firsthand how persecution of Christians come to a people. And he makes a lot of parallels between what he saw and what he sees coming upon America. And like I said, I heard this clip about four years ago. And when we do this episode next week, I'm going to play the clip again. But the difference next week is I'm going to go into statistics that prove that what he is saying is coming true. So I'm going to play this clip. And before I do play this clip, we have a couple more comments I want to read. Yvonne says, I've learned so much from you, Brother Phil and Justin, over the last couple of years. Thank you and God bless. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for learning. AKCOG says, the enemies are real. The end is, and the end is far, or the end is near. We must fight the evil, and we can do nothing without Yahweh. Pray and vote for the party that we have a chance to end tax-paid abortions. Um... We do need to pray to Yahweh that this would end. Um, I don't know if voting is going to end taxpayer abortions. Um, Tune in next week. Come back next week when we do this show live on Saturday. And um, I'm going to present you some very interesting facts about this. And man, I hope, I hope to God that Abortion does end. But I don't think we can legislate morality upon people. Only the Holy Ghost can do that. I think that the church has a greater calling than just voting. And, and, it's, and it's okay to vote. I just think that we would be better served, instead of going into a voting, a voting booth, to go down to places like Planned Parenthood and reach out to the people actually going in to have abortions or holding up uh, signs in a life chain, or offering to adopt these children, going to the front lines, being missionaries to the preborn. If sixty percent, and that's who vote, that's how many, that's the percentage of people that voted in the last election. Sixty percent of evangelical Christians voted in the last election. That's way over half. Only 20% statistically pray for people in, 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 in government. Um, and even far less than that actually go down to abortion clinics and stand on the front lines and try to stop it. But 60% of people have no problem voting for it. Um, we need... Honestly, 
to be on the front lines. And then if you want to vote on top of that, fine. But until you get your hands in the dirt and roll up your sleeves and pray and intercede and actually take steps to try to win souls, because that's a Christian isn't going to have an abortion. And if we can win our neighborhoods for Christ, that's far more powerful than voting. And we'll get more into this later. And I know that we just sidetracked. Pray, 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 and fast. Amen, A-K-C-O-G. That's where it all starts. Pray, 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 and fast. Only 20% of American Christians pray for political issues and the people and governments. 20%. 60% vote, but only 20% pray. That's a, that's, that, that is a disconnect. That is some cognitive dissonance. We have someone listening from New Zealand? Wow, that's amazing. All right, thank you, uh, person listening from New Zealand. Um, thank you for tuning in. And I'm sure that you guys are dealing with your own issues of abortion and things like that and gay marriage down there. This this all comes down to how we attack the situation. Um, but anyways, we we rambled. But that's the interesting, beautiful thing about A.K.A. C.O.G. says, yes, put me on the front line. Amen, brother. Amen, man. The front line is awesome. Once you go down and stand in front of a Planned Parenthood and in love, like I'm not talking about the people that, you know, take bullhorns out there and yell and scream at people and tell them that, you know, call them names and, you know, put signs with like gross pictures in front of them and try to scare them. I'm talking like people that go down and stand in front of these clinics and become missionaries to the preborn, people that go down there and reach out to these mothers as they're being led in and and talk to them and say, you know what, please stop for a minute and listen to me. People that engage in soul winning and prayer in front of these places, they're, uh, until you do that, and I've done that, I've done that so many times, man, there's nothing like it. And it's far more powerful to do that than to cast a ballot. I've done both. And I can tell you without any moment of hesitancy where the true power lies. And that's in changing hearts. But anyways, we're talking about AKCOG says, we need your voice in every pulpit. Our church leadership is failing us. We, we need this voice. And my voice is nothing unique. The voice that we need is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through the Word of God. This stuff's all in the Word of God. We just need preachers to faithfully read the simple words of Christ and and believe them and model them for themselves and really make that their mission point. But anyways, wow, this is some good conversation today. Um, I want to play this clip from Paul Washer. And I know that you guys are tuning in and you probably forgot what this clip's about. This is Paul Washer four years ago talking about how the enemy is at our gates and the persecution that he saw in Peru. It's coming to America and what could possibly stop it. So let's listen to this uh, clip from Paul Washer. The church in America is going to suffer so terribly. And 
We laugh now, but they will come after us, and they will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad, while we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerized by so many trinkets. The net even now is closing around you and your children and your grandchildren, and it does not cause you to fear. You will be isolated from society, as has already happened. Anyone who tries to run for office who actually believes the Bible will be considered a lunatic until finally we are silenced. We will be called things that we're not and persecuted not for being followers of Christ, but for being radical fundamentalists who do not know the true way of Christ, which of course is love and tolerance. You'll go down as the greatest bigots and haters of mankind in history. They've already come after your children, and for most of you, they got them. They got them through the public schools and indoctrination and the university and indoctrination, and then you wonder why your children come out not serving the Lord. It's because you fed them right into the devil's mouth. So little by little, the net is closing around, and then it's not little by little. Look how fast things are going downhill just in a matter of weeks. Matter of weeks. But at the same time, know this. Persecution is always meant for evil, but God always means it for good. And is it not better to suffer in this life to have an extra weight of glory in heaven? You must settle this in your mind. This is the one thing I want to say over and over. Do not believe. Down through history, you have a wrong idea of martyrdom and persecution. You think that these men were persecuted and martyred for their sincere faith in Jesus Christ. That was the real reason, but no one heard that publicly. They were martyred and they were persecuted as enemies of the state, as child molesters, as bigots, as narrow-minded, stupid people who had fallen for a ruse and can contribute nothing to society. Your suffering will not be noble. So your mind must be filled with the Word of God when all people persecute you and turn on you. And if the Spirit of God in common grace pulls back and you see even your children and your grandchildren tossing in the lot that you should die. This is no game. You want revival and awakening, but know this. For the most part, great awakenings have come only preceding great national catastrophes or the persecution of the church. I believe God is bringing a great awakening, but I believe that He is raising up young men who are strong in trust in the providence of God to be able to wade through the hell that's going to break loose on us. And it will be on us before we even recognize it. Unless, unless in God's providence, He is not done. He is not done. Now note, this is, this is not silly talk. Apart from a great awakening, these things are going to come upon you. Be ready to lose your homes, your cars, and everything. Unless God is done, I don't believe God is done with us. I don't. I don't believe God is done with us here in America. 
Dale Pierce, I don't believe that God is done with the church in New Zealand. I don't believe that God is done. But I do believe what Paul Washer was saying. I do believe our enemies are coming for us, and only a great awakening will stop it. You can't vote or manufacture a great awakening because only God can grant it. And he only grants it to a church with clean hands, clean hearts, and clean lips. A church that's in revival, a church that has been granted revival. And if you don't understand the definitions and the distinctions that I'm making between revival and a great awakening, go back a couple of episodes and listen to Revival Revolution. There are very real stakes here. Because if we truly believe that these are the beginnings of the end times, then it is also the beginning of God using his remnant to do mighty exploits. Because he is saving the best wine for last. And he will have himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. But that church is made up of believers in every nation. He will have himself a church of salt and light made up of believers from every nation. But hear me on this. Hear me on this. If we here in the American evangelical church want to play in the swamps, the marshes, and the muds, and we insist upon being all wrinkly and and full of mud spots, we will forfeit that right to be the glorious church without spot or wrinkle. If we stop being salt and light, Jesus himself said that he will throw away the salt and remove the lampstands. The American church is not guaranteed revival or a great awakening. Unless we do business and drain the swamp. We must do it because I fear that we will either have revival or we will have ruin. And I think Paul Washer is right. Regardless of whether we ever see revival and awakening, our enemies are coming. And if you read God's word God only promises us victory over our enemies under certain conditions that we must meet. And next week, we're going to discuss those conditions in very fine detail. We're going to use scriptures. We're going to use articles. We're going to use quotes. We're going to use sound clips and even hard data and statistics to talk about the state of the American evangelical church. And it might be a very uncomfortable talk, especially with the elections right around the corner. But I feel the need to have this talk, even if it gets controversial. And it has taken me a while to figure out how to do this responsibly, because I know myself, I'm not immune to worry when it comes to doing controversial episodes And sometimes, if we're very honest, we are more afraid of the social consequences when we speak out on controversial subjects. We get gun-shy at the possible confrontations that may arise. 
Now, I've never really been afraid per se if people don't agree with what I'm saying. That's your right because I just try to speak honestly from my heart and that's the best that I can do. And just because I honestly am speaking from my heart doesn't mean that I'm always right or that people will agree. I just believe truly that honest conflict has more social value than dishonest harmony. So the way I want to do this episode next week, or actually it's going to be this Saturday. The way that I want to do this episode this Saturday is I want to do it live like we're doing it now. I want to open this up and utilize the live show format because we have the technology and the format for people to be like, hey, I have a question or I have a comment or I disagree with what you're saying or what you're saying sounds good, but can I ask a clarifying question? We can make this episode a very real dialogue like we've been having today. Um, and we can really, really, truly get into this hard evidence that I'm going to present and make a case for. And we can really, really take some time when that episode is done. For everyone who's listening, we can take some time to pray for the American church to drain this swamp. So episode 138, Drain the Swamp, will drop this Saturday, November 3rd. That's this coming Saturday. It will be live. It will air at 2 p.m. Central right here on Spreaker, the exact way you're listening to it. Now, obviously, people listening on YouTube or iTunes and things like that, um, they usually catch it on the rebroadcast. But I challenge you. It's free to create an account on Spreaker. doesn't cost you anything. They're really cool about not sharing your info and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So I encourage you to go to Spreaker, create the free account, and then hang out live with me as I do the episode. Hang out in the chat like these fine people are doing here today. And, uh, and really be involved in this episode that I drop about draining the swamp. Don't just comment your disagreements and your questions after the episode airs. Um, if you are like, that BDK talks crazy stuff about politics and voting, or that BDK talks crazy stuff about people in the church, or that BDK says all these crazy things, that BDK is the, gospel, the David Hogg gospel preaching, whatever it is, man. You know where I'm going to be Saturday at 2 p.m.? Create a free Spreaker account. Come on and have a dialogue with me. Live as we're going through some of this stuff, I will I will read your questions. I will address your concerns as I'm presenting the episode. It's an open forum this way. And then we end the show praying for the body of Christ in real time. And that's something that we can all agree on. So there you go. That's pretty much all I have to say right now. So join me Saturday for an episode three weeks in the making. Episode 138, Drain the Swamp. AKCOG says, The enemy has truly surrounded us. Keep hatred out of your heart. Amen, brother. With hatred in your life, you are following Satan as your father. Amen. The, these, these people that, you know, part of the whole thing with the politics, brother, is um, they're pitting us against each other. Us conservatives are fighting the people on the left and the people on the left are fighting the people on the right and the people in the middle are caught in between everybody else. 
And it's just getting crazy, man. People are, there's rioting on the streets over this crazy shenanigans. We have people in the church calling out other people, yelling and screaming, fighting within the, within the very aisles of the church. The enemy, like you said, has truly surrounded us. Sometimes the enemy is even us. And we need to keep hatred out of our heart. We're to love our enemies. We're to pray for those who persecute us. We're to pray for those who would despitefully use us. We're to turn the other cheek. We're to love people. And in doing so, put heap being burning coals upon their head. We're to wash the feet of those who would even seek to kill us or betray us or deny us. Brothers and sisters, we're standing at a crucial moment. People say that that crucial moment is the midterm elections. And I would say that the crucial moment is the swamp gases in the church are going to be choking out a lot of people, dividing us, as AKCOG just said. We need to come together in unity, mission, and purpose. And that unity is based on God's word. Jesus said, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. The basis of our unity with one another is the word of God, is the truth. That's what makes us holy. It's our holiness that binds us together. When we are of one mission and purpose, just like Jesus was like, I do nothing that my father doesn't, that I don't see my father doing. Our mission and our purpose, if that's winning souls, if that's reaching out and draining the things that would hinder a true move of God in our midst, and then crying out to God for a renewal of passion, of holiness, of of fire, of zeal, to go out and to reach those who are lost, I believe God would still grant it if that became our mission. But we're so busy fighting on Facebook and social media and making sure people know our political stance that half the world doesn't know our religious stance. We've never ever been able to legislate any one person into heaven. But we have been able, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to be able to witness to people and lead them to Christ. Yvonne says, I have been the enemy, so true. Cleansing starts in our own hearts. That's true. That's where it does start. Because when I say church, I'm not talking about a building. When I say drain the swamp in the church, I'm not talking about your local assembly. I'm talking about me and you. Because we are the redeemed church of the living God. We are the living temples of God. That living water flows from us if we are measuring and building after the pattern. And that pattern is Jesus. It always has been and it always will be. So please, please join us. Please join us Saturday, this Saturday, 2 p.m., November 3rd, for episode 138, Drain the Swamp. Please join me. It's going to be an important message, man. It's literally three weeks in the making. There's a lot of information in this, and, and with your help, people listening, we can really make it a unique, awesome Bible study together where we can dialogue and have a true conversation about things that are of eternal importance. Before we go, 
because I've, I've pretty much said everything I need to say and cover for right now. Once again, I apologize for going dark for the last 20 so or so days. Um, I've just been, I've been really seeking the Lord and trying to put this thing together in a responsible manner. Um, if there's anything that we can pray about this morning, I'm going to pray for the church and I'm going to pray for us in a moment. And when I'm done praying for um, the church and when I'm done praying for us that are listening, if anyone has a prayer request, uh, just write them in the chat or in the messenger on Facebook. I got some people hanging out there. Um, just write down prayer requests and we can all together join in and pray for those prayer requests. Um, let's pray. Father, we love you. We love you because you first loved us. We were unworthy of that love. But while we were yet sinners, you sent your son Christ to die for us. Man, he he lived a life of no sin. He paid a debt that he didn't owe. And he rescued and he redeemed us. And for that, we are so thankful. Because without that, we would have nothing. We thank you for the power of that sacrifice. We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. We thank you that it washes men and women everywhere clean of sin. And we thank you for the power and the wonder-working power that's in the blood of the Lamb. Father, we thank you that you know our needs before we even ask them. And I believe truly that the greatest pressing need in this hour is for your church to repent, to wake up, and to say, I will no longer become divided in my loyalties any longer. To say it is impossible to serve two masters, and that we would fully cling to Jesus and pledge our undivided loyalties and allegiances to him so that he would have a vessel in this hour to flow rivers of living water through because we know that everywhere the river goes, there is healing, there is life. And I thank you for that resurrection power and that life it can transform anything it touches. And we need that. There are so many people lost and dying. And even within the church, so many people who don't even know you, Lord. Let that river flow within us and let it start within us now. Have yourself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Restore the saltiness back to us. Light a fire again within us and make our lampstands bright. Have mercy upon us, Lord. Cleanse our hands, cleanse our lips, cleanse our minds so that we're not double-minded. We love you with all our heart, Lord. Please rescue and redeem us and give us the courage to do the things that we must do before our enemies overtake us. In Jesus' name, amen. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening, brothers and sisters. Does anyone have a prayer request before we go that we can pray for? Because if we do, I want to allow some room for that.
Yvonne says, Amen. AKCOG says, Bravo. Yvonne, we will never be perfect, but we must never give up. Staying in the minded company will feed us steady and strengthen us. Amen. Amen. I see Dale typing. Maybe he has a prayer request. I'll just hold on for a second. And he says, Amen, BDK. Um, Dale's praying. His neighborhood's gearing up for Halloween, and he's praying. You know, it's a hard thing because there's a lot of shenanigans that go on with Halloween. And I'm not here to tell you which holidays you can and cannot celebrate. I think God is more than capable of directing you into which celebrations you should be a part of. God can speak to you and and he can share that with you. But man, you need to be in prayer. Because as a former Satanist, I can tell you that even if, you know, it's nothing more in your neighborhood than handing out candy and doing stuff, there are evil forces at work, regardless of how innocent things seem on the scenes. We also know that there's abductions that happen on Halloween. We know that, you know, that used to be that people were handing out poison candy, but yet there's still a lot of, you know, like abductions that happen. And um, you need to pray. If nothing else, just pray because, man, the evil people are praying that day. It's a high, it's a high celebration for a reason. So pray, pray real hard on the 31st, man. Pray that, that God cancels out some of those plans that the witches and the Satanists have. Casey says, I've been having back pain. I don't know what it is. Okay, Casey. We're going to pray for Casey. Everyone join in with me. Father, Casey may not know what that back pain is, but You know what it is, Lord. I ask that you touch his back right now in the name of Jesus, that you begin to heal it, and that you begin to pour your healing power through that back, Lord, and that you bring relief to it, that you bring healing to it, that that pain dissipate, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yvonne says there are different family and friends going through some losses of loved ones. I would like prayers out to them that they get through this hard time. Amen. We'll we'll pray for them. Father Yvonne is, is asking for prayer, Lord. Prayer for family and friends that are going through some losses of loved ones. That can be so hard when you lose someone that you truly, truly care about. Hopefully those loved ones were saved, but if they weren't, then that adds a whole nother level of grief to it. But Father, you are near the brokenhearted. You are near the ones who cry out. You're a father to the fatherless. And and if people have lost family members, they're still a family of God. Holy Spirit, you are a spirit of peace. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. 
Bring the peace that passes all understanding, that guards our minds and keeps our hearts in Christ Jesus to those who have lost. And use, Father, this issue of losing loved ones as a witnessing moment that that Yvonne can use to share what are you going to do with your life in the light of eternity? Because we know that when people have lost loved ones, they're very, very open to hearing about issues like heaven and hell, death and life. So give her words to speak and to say that are both balm of comforting to the people who are hurting, but also words that would lead them into eternal conversations. In Jesus' name, amen. Larry Glasser says, Live is near impossible to listen to. I have many interruptions. I'm going to just wait for it to be ready for the downloading. I hope that it's coming through. Um, I hope maybe that it's your internet connection. Is anyone else having a lot of problems with the live format? I haven't heard that before. So I don't know. I'll check my settings, Larry, after I go offline and, and I'll listen to it back and see what's up. Um, thank you for letting me know. AKCOG says, I stand in agreement for God's help now. I'll be here Saturday at 2 CSD if you can, Larry. Amen. Well, thank you for coming. And I hope, Larry, that if you come, you'll have a better listening experience next time. All right, brothers and sisters. Have a great day. Have a great week. We'll see everybody back Saturday. Tell somebody about it, a.k.a. COG said he just posted and shared about the upcoming episode. Do that, man. Like, if, uh, if, if you like what you hear, go tell somebody. Share this episode with a friend. Talk about it. Say, hey, next Saturday there's going to be this message on draining the swamp, but, but in church. <laughs> and let's, let's talk about it. And then, you know, bring people over. Thank you guys for hanging out. Chit-chatting with my Frequency family is something that I love to do. You guys are a blessing. Go be a blessing to someone else. And if anyone is listening in the rebroadcast and you come across it and you stuck till the end and you've heard us talk about a lot of different stuff um, and yet you don't know Jesus, that's the most important thing, brothers and sisters, that we know him. And as we go off the air, I just want to share with you how you can be free and how you can be set free and how you can find a life following Christ, a life that will lead to eternity. God bless, grace and peace. Amen. As this week's episode draws to a close, I want to share with you how you can find freedom from this world's system of slavery to sin. The very first thing that we must understand is that in this world, everyone is a slave to sin. We all have sinned and we all have fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says that we're rebels, we're criminals. We've broken God's law. We are locked in a spiritual prison and we are very much prisoners of war. 
We're caught between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And Satan has legal rights to steal, to kill, and to destroy because of the fall. He steals from us our hope. We look around at this prison and we think we will never escape. He destroys our lives in the darkness and ultimately he will succeed in killing many souls as they follow him to hell. But the gospel or the good news of the kingdom is that through the finished work of Christ revealed in his death, burial, and resurrection, there is redemption, there is restoration, and there is freedom offered by God to each and every person who would receive Christ as the king of the spiritual kingdom. King Jesus came to earth. He lived the sin-free life that we could never live. He died the death that we deserve to die. And he rose from the dead triumphantly. And he has the keys to hell and death. And he has the keys to your prison cell. And he offers you the freedom that only he can offer because he alone can bind up the brokenhearted. He alone proclaims liberty to the captives. And he alone opens the door to the prison. And he looses all who are bound. 2,000 years ago, in that one moment of redemption, every single prison cell was open. God made a way through Jesus for everyone to potentially escape. But here's the problem. Most of us have stopped right there. We've stopped right there with the gospel. We may have heard the story. We may have heard the good news, but we sit there still in this dark cell and we're like, oh wow, isn't it amazing? He died for me. I can be free. I can be forgiven. My prison door can swing wide open. Forgiveness is available. He provides for me a way of escape. But you have to stand up. You have to walk out and boldly approach the throne of grace. You have to surrender to the king, repent of your sins, and trust Christ to absolutely save you. Ask the Holy Spirit to grant you the power to do that. Ask him to soften your heart so that you can see sin as God sees it. Ask him to trouble your heart with godly sorrow over the times where you broke his laws and from the honesty of your own heart in your own words call out to jesus to save you and step out by faith and say i am free confess christ as your savior before men and lay down your old life and put on his new life instead today is the day of salvation today you can switch allegiances you can accept the terms of heavenly surrender you can leave the kingdom of darkness and begin to walk in the newness of life and never turn back now if i can help you further either by talking with you more about the salvation that jesus offers you or if i can encourage you to take the next step in living a sold-out, radical kingdom life for Him, please visit OmegaFrequency.com and click on the navigational link entitled Salvation. From there, you're going to find a button that says, Please help me take the next step. And if you use it, I'll be able to communicate with you specifically about this matter. Well, as always, I want to thank you once again for taking the time to download this week's episode. It has truly been my honor to be able to spend time with you this week and to discuss the things of Yeshua and his coming kingdom 
with you. Until next time, may Yahweh bless thee and keep thee. Have you ever wondered how the earliest followers of Christ would have addressed the core issues facing us today? Well, join me, Phil Baker, for a discussion on how we can simply follow the words of Christ and apply His message to our lives. Listen to my podcast, Reclaiming the Faith, on iTunes or reclaimingthefaith.podbean.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with someone else. Our full podcast archives, along with their original show notes, can be found online at omegafrequency.com. Now until next time, this is BDK reminding you that we don't need to fear the future. Because in the end, Yeshua wins.